The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Well, grace and peace to you, my dear Bethlehem family from our God and Father and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so good to be back. Hello to new faces and to old faces. I do bring you happy greetings from my dear wifey poo, Karen, and uh, our five children. And I bring you happy greetings from uh, your uh, five-year-old daughter church, City of Joy Fellowship in my hometown of East St. Louis. Amen. Praise God. Yep. Um, I got a good brother here with me, Mike Cook, down here from uh, City of Joy and lives in East St. Louis, and, and he's a good brother to come up to this Arctic with me. <laughs> you can already know he's a good brother. He came up here with me in January. And so, uh, man, but it was like Kenny said, it was over seven uh, years ago that me and Karen were commissioned from this very stage by the Holy Spirit and by the elders of the church uh, to go uh, to love my hood and help them experience the joy of Jesus through the gospel. And uh, let me just report, God is getting his glory in the midst of it all through your prayers and support. So praise the Lord. Could you celebrate God's goodness to us through you in East St. Louis? Well, let's uh, look to God's book together in Psalm 1. Speak, Lord and be glorified. First, what we want to do with the Spirit's help is to, is to kind of uh, zoom out and get a, a, a kind of Google Maps picture of the first psalm. Uh, what we see is that there are really only two kinds of people that exist on the planet from this psalm, not black or white, not Democrat or Republican, not gay or straight, not Android or Apple, not Vikings or Packers. No, 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 no. There, there are two types of people that this psalm lifts up that's so much bigger than that. Listen, in God's eternal eyes, humanity is divided into two main groups. Number one, we see in this psalm, the righteous, those who are rightly related to God as friends and are no longer his enemies. And number two, the wicked, those who are not rightly related to God and remain his enemies. My question is, is this the main lens through which you view the people in this world? Is this the main lens in which you view the people in this city, the people in your everyday life, the righteous and the wicked. I hope so, family, because this is God's main lens from the beginning of history. Righteous Abel, wicked Cain, all the way to the end. Righteous saints in heaven, wicked sinners in hell. Here it is right here in Psalm 1. Verse 5 and 6, look at verse 5 and 6. You see these two people, verse 5 says, Therefore, 
the wicked, there they are, will not stand in judgment. And then in verse 5 again, it says, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Then again in verse 6, says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And then again in verse 6, but the ways, but the way of the wicked will perish. So let me ask you this morning, which group are you in? There's only two groups, the righteous and the wicked. Uh, But wait, before you do answer that, Psalm 1 teaches us that the radical, obvious difference between the righteous and the wicked is in relation to the Word. To the Word. It is the sword of the Word that separates the righteous from the wicked. Verse 2 calls the Word the law of the Lord, the Torah, the instructions, God's revelation, what we've come to know as the 66 books of the Bible. And so, with the Spirit's help, let's walk through a few of these radical, obvious differences between the righteous and the wicked. Speak, Lord. Number one, number one, what we see is that uh, 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 between the righteous and the wicked, one follows the Word. Now, in East St. Louis, you know, at City of Joy, we kind of talk a little bit back and forth with one another. Is that all right, y'all? All right, a little Nehemiah 8, a little Nehemiah 8. It's in the Bible. All right. Um, one follows the Word. Can y'all say follows the Word? Oh, man, y'all with me, y'all with me. Okay, uh, one follows the Word, the other does not. Look at verse 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the other hand, in verse 4, referring to verses 1 through 3, it says, the wicked are not so. (laughs) So one follows the word, the other does not. Verse 1 starts off with the word blessed. Blessed, this righteous man, this righteous woman, blessed is this one who follows the word, not the world. This is a blessed person. In Hebrew, it's esher. It means happy. Which is amazing to me that the first word in the first psalm of this spirit-inspired playlist of 150 songs, the first word is blessed. It's as though God is prioritizing his highest desire for his people in this very first song, and that's for them to be blessed, to be happy, as sure. The greatest reality imaginable in the Hebrew mind and I would argue the greatest desire imaginable to the human soul. We all want to be blessed. We all want to be happy. It's always at the top uh, of the list in popular culture surveys that ask, what do you want most out of life? What's always at the top of the list year after year? I just want to be happy. (laughs) People just want to be happy. 
from TV to TikTok, from money to material things, from beer to baseball, from caffeine to cocaine, from porn to people pleasing. We just all want to be happy. But blessed here is more than just a happy feeling. It's, it's listen, it's twofold. It's a, a favorable status before God and a fulfilling state of being in God. It's not just happy. It's a status. It's a glorious category that God treats you based on being in this favorable category, and it gets on the inside, and it's a happy state of being in your soul. To be blessed is like being on God's beach bathing in the warm rays of his pleasure and smile, resulting in a soul overflowing with his joy. This is the blessed state of those who follow the word, not the world. Because look look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This seems to be describing uh, some kind of deadly downward spiral. I think it's a progression. Follow it. You start listening to, taking advice or counsel, it says, from the wicked, from wicked, ungodly, unbiblical people and sources. Books, podcasts, social media, whatever. And then, notice the progression. You begin to believe these unbiblical sources to the point where you agree with, identify with, and associate with, or, quote, stand in the way of them. And then finally, it says you then, quote, sit in their seats. In other words, you become like them and begin to repeat them or retweet them. and their sinful, godless, unbiblical perspectives. Lord, have mercy. Now, now I'm not talking about Bethlehem. I know that may not happen here, but let me just give you a little report from City of Joy. Every now and then in these five years, it goes a little bit like this, this downward spiral progression. Pastor, and, and, and now they call me Pastor K. I like that, Pastor K. It's Pastor, Pastor. I've been listening to, I've been reading so-and-so. Oh, okay. They're not a Christian pastor, but they speak in facts. All right. Next week. Pastor, I've been starting to doubt the Bible a little bit. I'm beginning to see what so-and-so has been saying on YouTube. Oh, okay. Next week. Pastor, God is telling me to move on. City of Joy is not the right place for me. I found some people that really see where I'm coming from. Downward spiral progression. Beware, Bethlehem. Just like in the garden, Satan still speaks sweet-sounding half-truths, no longer through serpents, but through social media and other cultural sources of information. But verse 1 says, the blessed person will not... Walk in the ways of this wicked world, but in the ways of the word. Remember, the difference between the righteous and the wicked is in relation to the word. One follows the word, the other does not. But number two, number two, uh, uh, one delights 
in the Word, the other does not. Delights in the Word. Can y'all say those four words with me? Delights in the Word. Here it is, verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And again, in comparison, verse 4 says, The wicked are not so. This blessed person does not just follow the word and stay away from this dark downward spiral. They don't just read the word. They don't just study the word. They don't just try to obey the word. No, they delight in it. Delight here means that which makes you supremely happy in your soul. Delight here means that this is your heart's highest joy. Okay, y'all, y'all still looking at me. Okay, uh, yesterday I went to Famous Dave's with my homie Mike. Now, when I come into town, I used to go with John Piper, but I couldn't wait on John this time. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I got to drown the voices out, but sometimes ribs talk to me. And I said, Mike, man, let's go over to Famous Dave's. And let me tell you, uh, uh, me and Mike, we wasn't just eating the ribs. No, 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 no. We were delighting in those ribs, man, all over my face. I couldn't even look, hardly look up. Look, 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 look. I was delighting. Mike was delighting. This blessed person delights in and feasts on and enjoys and takes pleasure in, rejoices over and loves the Bible by the grace of God. Not just reading, not, not just studying, but delighting. Something is happening on the inside that drives them the feast on the book of God. But I had a problem, Kenny. I had a problem. I have problems sometimes when I think about too many verses at the same time because Psalm 1-2 says, delight in the law of the Word, right? Of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in the Word, right? So I'm like, okay, delight in the, in the Word. But then Psalm 37-4 says, Delight in the Lord himself. So I'm like, hold up now. Lord, one verse says delight in the word. And another verse says delight in the Lord himself. Lord, which one is it? Am I supposed to delight in the word or am I supposed to delight in you and Maybe you can guess that the answer is both. (laughs) One leads to the other. The Word of the Lord should lead us to the Lord of the Word. This is why Jesus says in Luke 24, 44, quote, the Psalms, including Psalm 1, speak of me. So when you read Delight in the law of the Lord. It's designed to draw your heart into delighting in the Lord of the law, Jesus Christ. Jesus told the religious leaders this in John 5, 39. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but they bear witness about me. Understand, saints, that the Old Testament points 
to Jesus. The Gospels present Jesus. The book of Acts proclaims Jesus. The letters explain Jesus. The book of Revelation unveils Jesus. And all of history is fast approaching the day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and all the saints and angels. We be around the throne saying, Worthy! It's the lamb who was slain for our sins to receive power and wealth and riches. It's all about Jesus Christ. So when you read delight in the law, let it drive you all the way to the one that the law points to, Jesus, the Christ. Holy Spirit, help us to delight in the written and the risen word of God. Brothers and sisters, there's a big, big difference between the righteous and the wicked. One follows the word, the other does not. One delights in the word of God and the God of the word, the other one does not. But number three, one meditates on the word all the time. Can y'all say meditate? meditate? Yeah, meditate. One meditates on the word all the time. The other does not. Look at verse 2. It says, this blessed person on his law, on his word, he or she meditates day and night. Again, verse 4, pulling back from all the previous three verses says, the wicked are not so. What does it mean to meditate? Well, biblically, it's different than a lot of the yoga. Empty your mind. Meditate biblically is to fill it. Fill the mind with the word. But the Hebrew word for meditate literally means, as I looked it up, to mutter. (laughs) It literally means to murmur. Listen, it means to mumble to yourself. You know, sadly, I see the negative example of this on the broken streets of my city every day. As the mentally ill and demonically possessed walk around mumbling to themselves. I don't know who you think you are. I, I'm, nobody's around. I don't know. They better get out of my face because I, I, I don't care what they think. Nobody's around. Now. I don't know what you think about me also. Lord, set them free. Pray that God would set them free. But for those of us who delight in the Word, we are possessed by the Spirit of God, and He enables us and He makes us walk around mumbling the Word to ourselves day and night. 
He helps us to mumble the word to ourselves when we wake up in the morning. Your mercies are new this morning. Great is your faithfulness. He helps us to mumble the word to ourselves when we get in the shower. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He helps us to mumble to ourselves as we are out and about, reminding ourselves that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in this store, in this target. Nobody's going to come to the Father except through him. He helps us to mumble while we hang out at home. Turn my eyes away from worthless things and give me life in your words. He helps us to mumble to ourselves when we lie down. Oh, Lord, may your peace and and your face shine upon my house tonight. Brothers and sisters, the blessed one's delight is in the word, and they meditate. They murmur it to themselves. They mumble it to themselves all day, every day, because you think about most what you love the most. There's a connection between delight and meditate. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Lord, I love your truth. It is my meditation all day. I love your word. It is my meditation. I love your word. It is my meditation. God made us like that. There is an invisible link between the heart and the mind. If it blazes in the heart, it'll get to your mind. That's why he says delight comes before meditation. Ladies, thought you might appreciate this. You know, I knew, I knew when I was really in love with my wife, then fiance, Karen Alicia Gilbert. Let me tell you, I knew I was really in love. I was living in Texas. We've been alone with this relationship, and she was up in Illinois. And every now and then, I would call her up. I would say, hey, babe. You know, the, the fiance is all giggling. <laughs> and I say, girl, you must be tired. She said, hey, why, why, why? I said, because you've been running through my mind <laughs> all day long. Love and the mind are connected when you love and delight in the word of Jesus even better. When you love and delight in the Jesus of the word, he will naturally run, jog, murmur, stay in your mind all day long. That's why Isaiah the prophet says he gives perfect peace to those whose mind is stayed on him. There's a link between delight and meditate. Lord calls us to love you the most with all of our minds as we meditate on you. Beautiful you in the word day Brothers and sisters, there's a big difference between the righteous and the wicked. Finally, number four, there's a big difference we see here. One is strengthened by the word. The other is not strengthened by the word. Can y'all say that with me? Strengthened by the word. 
Verse 3. So this, 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 this delighting, meditating person, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. And just opposite of that in verse 4, it says, the wicked are not so. The psalmist uses the powerful picture of a tree to describe what this blessed, Bible-loving, Jesus-meditating person is like. Uses a tree, a tree. All the kids in the room, can you just say a tree? All right, kids. Let's go with 12 and under. All the kids 12 and under, why don't you shout, shout out with me, like a tree. Like a tree, that's right, like a tree. This Bible meditating, Jesus loving person, kids, it's like a tree. Those big old trees that you like to climb and look at. Like a tree. I was thinking of some old <laughs> uh, truck commercial, I think it is, like a rock. <laughs> This is what the psalmist was saying. He'll shift it up a little bit, though. Like a tree. Like a tree. A big, strong, immovable tree that's been planted. Oh, I like that. That's what I can be like. You know, one thing I've learned about living in our farmhouse in the hood Kenny's been out there. I think Kathy's been out there. The Piper's been out there. And we, we, live, in, we live in the hood, y'all, but the Lord got us nestled out in the corner. So we call our house the farmhouse in the hood. One thing I've learned about living in our farmhouse in the hood is that the Midwest wind out there in the open, y'all, is super strong. <laughs> They should have warned us because we tried to put some tents out there. Man, them bad boys flew away like the Wizard of Oz. Man, we was out there. We're going to plant a church and people going to come. And I'm looking out like, stuff flying all the time. Tents. I'm serious. Toys. My kids, toy kids crying. Daddy, my family flew away. Like, stuff was that. I mean, literally, those winds are so strong that the toys fly away. And, and, and the tents fly away. I'll tell you what, we got some trees out there. They're still there. <laughs> Our trees have proven to be stronger than those Winds, when the heavy storms come, our trees may lose some leaves. Our trees may lose some limbs. Our trees, they sway back and forth. When those heavy storms come, uh, they, they bend in the wind, but they do not break. And after the storm is over, guess what? They're still standing. Brothers and sisters, this is a picture of the Psalm 1 saint 
clinging tightly to King Jesus. In the midst of heartache, still standing like a tree. In the midst of personal conflict, still standing like a tree. In the midst of pain, still standing like a tree. In the midst of family issues, you can still be standing like a tree. In the midst of financial strain, the Psalm 1 saint is still standing like a tree. In the midst of loss that bends you all the way over but doesn't break you, you're still standing like a tree. In the midst of church-wide devastation, Bethlehem still standing like a tree this blessed person can be crying tears and facing several fears but still trusting God like a tree like a tree like the old hymn said just like a tree planted by the waters I shall not be moved How can this be? With COVID, how can this be? With cancer, how can this be? With wind and storms of crisis after crisis after crisis, how can this be? How can you be like a tree? Well, verse 3 says, because these blessed ones in Psalm 1 are like trees planted by streams of water. That means this precious brother, this precious sister, this precious pastor, this precious church, is being spiritually nourished and strengthened by the water of the Word flowing up through the root system of their soul. While they meditate on the Word day and night, something is happening in the root system of the soul and the roots are going down into the soil of the Christ. You can't see it. It's invisible. Don't you know that root systems can't be seen? You can't see what's happening when you're meditating. You can't see what's happening when you're reading Deuteronomy. You can't see what's happening when you're reading 1 Samuel. You can't see what's happening when you're reading the Gospel of John. You can't see what's happening when you're reading the book of Revelation, but your roots are deepening down into the soil of the Lord and vitamins and minerals are going up through your system because the storm is coming and God has pre-equipped you to be like a tree. And when it comes to the local church, the Lord has connected our root systems. He's connected our root systems by the grace of God. I think I got it with me. It's a little bookmark of the first 31 psalms for the past 
five short years, City of Joy Fellowship. We take the first month and we fast all screens. We turn away from the fading glow of our iPad, watch, tablet, TV, screens, to turn our eyes to the everlasting light shining in the face of Jesus. And for the first 31 days this year, we picked going through a psalm each day. And so, January 1st was Psalm 1. And uh, I went to lunch with four of my five babies. They ain't so baby no more. And uh, my sweet Carrie, she was overflowing. She'd been reading Psalm 1. And we all talked about Psalm 1. And I said, y'all, I'm going back to Bethlehem. I said, pray for daddy. And I'm preaching on Psalm 1. And, and, and I'm going to tell him, uh, like the Bible says, to be like a tree. And, and so, what should I tell him? What are some, that's God's analogy. What should I tell him? What, what are some good things about trees? And one, and like, you know, purifies and, 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 and strong and, and, and oxygen comes from them and, and, and it beautifies and, and, and all these things. And then my Karis, my 14-year-old, she's 14. And that's, so my 14-year-old Karis said, Daddy, maybe you should tell him about the redwood trees. I said, yeah, I do kind of remember something about the redwood trees and their root system. And, and so I looked this up, y'all, and I started to, I know they don't do this at Bethlehem, but I don't, I don't go here no more, I'm good. Um, <laughs> they, it made me, boy, I read this thing. Let me read it to you. It, it, it says this. Uh, uh, thank, thank Karis for this now, not me. It says this. A little right up online. It just says, a redwood's widespread roots help them survive by intertwining with the roots of other trees around them. Intertwined root systems provide stability to these mighty trees during strong winds and floods, quite literally holding one another down together. Dear Bethlehem, I don't know all the details, but I know there's been some tears. I know you've endured some strong winds and floods. But the Lord has sustained you because he's planted many redwoods here. Redwoods whose root systems are intertwined. Like Pastor Bud said last week, And you redwoods have been holding down one another through every storm in the strength 
of the written and the risen Word of God. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. The one who does not follow the demonic voices of the world. The one who delights in the word of God that they might delight in the God of the word. The one who murmurs the Bible to himself and herself day and night. They're only in preparation mode for the storms of life. But like a tree, like a whole blood-bought forest of redwood trees, their root systems are intertwined so that they hold one another together in the strength of the Lord. These blessed trees are strong in the strength of the Lord. And this strength is a result, or verse 3 says, fruit of being planted in the soil of the Word. And look at this, look at this as we move to a close. Psalm 1 verse 3 goes on to say that this fruit, see that word? This is the, this, this tree is shifting the, the image here. This is a fruit tree that it yields its fruit in its season. Goes on to say that this fruit Surely, with more progressive revelation, this fruit of the Spirit, for those are, who are in Christ, this love, this joy, this peace, this fruit flowing from abiding in Jesus, John 15. This fruit, it says, will, watch this, yield in its season. What does that mean? It, it, it simply means that it will always blossom to serve your soul and others at just the right appointed time. Remember, fruit trees don't exist for themselves. I've never seen an apple tree eating apples. But I've seen a lot of people eating from them. You'll always blossom to serve Others at just the right God-appointed time. And then, blessed one, more good news. Verse 3, it goes on to say, your leaf will not wither. What does that mean? Your leaf won't wither, which means that your love, joy, and peace in Christ that blossoms forth and branches out to bless others, though it fluctuates, it will remain. Isn't this the very thing that Jesus said? John 15, 16, it says, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Amen. Meaning <laughs> your gospel labors are not in vain, but have eternal permanence and reward attached to each one of them. And the final result. Verse 3 says, and all he or she does, they will prosper. Prosper. It ain't talking about health and wealth. 
Far better than that. Hear me, happy trees. I know it's already in the bulletin, Kenny, but I like that sermon title. Happy trees. (laughs) Happy trees. Hear me, happy trees. The fact that you will prosper means that you will enjoy the blessing of God's prosperity and success on all your words and all your works that advance his kingdom. That is good news. And so, in summary, God's word teaches us here in Psalm 1, brothers and sisters, that the radical, obvious difference between the righteous and the wicked is in relation to the word. One follows the word, the other does not. One delights in the word, the other does not. One meditates on the word all the time, the other does not. One is strengthened by the word, the other is not. Listen, God's book is treasure to the righteous, but God's book is trash to the wicked. It's the word that makes all the difference in the world. No wonder Jesus says in John 8, 31, to those who claim to believe in him. If, (laughs) it's a big if, that's an eternally big if. That's an everlastingly big if. (laughs) If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. In other words, Jesus says, the people who really know me have this continual transforming relationship with my word, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. So as we prepare to respond, Psalm 1-6 closes with the ultimate and eternal difference between the righteous and the wicked. Look at verse 6. The righteous who, according to Romans 5-17, receive the free gift of righteousness through Jesus Christ, it says of them, The Lord will know their way. The Lord will know your way. What does that mean? It means that he will intimately care for the righteous throughout their life and afterwards carry them safely into his heavenly kingdom, 2 Timothy 4, 18. Glory. He'll know my way. He'll intimately care for me through this life on into his presence. Praise the name of Jesus. But tragically, the wicked are not so. Verse 6 says, the way of the wicked will perish. Which means the Lord will oppose them throughout this life. Yeah, laced with creator love. Yes, yes, yes. But the Lord will oppose them throughout this life and afterwards, quote, throw them into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 15. This is scary, brothers and sisters. You see, these wicked souls, which we righteous ones formerly were, are the useless, unrooted, Jesus-rejecting, chaff 
of Psalm 1-4. Just the opposite of a strong tree. Their chaff will be blown away into hell. And John the Baptist rightly predicted this in Matthew 3.12 when he said that the Lord of glory would one day, quote, burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Lord, have mercy. So simply put, the righteous who treasure the word of Jesus go to heaven. The wicked who trash the word of Jesus go to hell. Back to the question, which group are you in this morning? If you are the blessed righteous one, rejoice! Rejoice! If you are the cursed wicked one, repent! This morning, young and old, turn from your sins and look to the Jesus that Psalm 1 is pointing to. Trust in him, delight in him, follow him. He died on a cross for you. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever in this room believes in him will not perish. That same scary last word of Psalm 1. You won't perish and go to hell, but you will enjoy eternal life. Look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you pray with me? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Word of God, God of the Word. Blessed, happy, deeply satisfied, joy of the Lord. Root strengthening strength. Oh Lord, would you bless my brothers and sisters? Lord, help us to follow your word and not this world. Lord, help us to delight in your word and meditate on it all the time. Lord, help us to be joyfully strengthened by your word in every season of life. Lord, help us to abide in your word. Help us to abide in Jesus. Help us to experience the glory of the fruit of the Spirit as we walk by the Spirit. And Lord, we thank you that we will stand on that day because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness alone. And we look forward to to our welcome party, even into the joy of our Lord. In Jesus' strong name, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. 
but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720-13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.